Yeah, Summer was 34 weeks pregnant. We got let go by the Denver Broncos. You know, as a coach, you know, the saying is either you're going to get hired or you're going to get fired. So it was just one of those deals where now you're out hunting for a job and we had an opportunity, um, you know, to go to another place, but we weren't sure if it was working out. So we decided that we were going to end up going and moving in with her family in Tiffin. She was 34 weeks pregnant. Um, and her dad flew out to Denver. We started driving, and then all of a sudden, we hit a blizzard. Coach Aukerman, man, uh, appreciate you taking time. You know, I know you said uh, you guys start back tomorrow. Um, so taking time before you get back to the grind of joining myself and Kyle here on the Underdog Podcast. Oh, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, this is exciting time for me and my family and uh you know, we're really looking forward to uh, communicating with you guys and talking about my story and, and our family's story. And I'm excited. Well, before we get into the story, I think I got to start this thing off right. Okay. I want to know if he's going to yell at Julio Jones like he did Kyle Decker in college. Let's, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. <laughs> well, he probably so, wouldn't do what uh, I did to you. So, <laughs> you know. As a coach, you learn things all the time, and, and yelling might not be the best way sometimes for certain players. Uh, but uh, no, no, I'll uh, I'll let Julio do his deal. But uh, we're still going to coach him up and, and do everything we can to help us win. Now, no I doubt, I no doubt. There's an epic story. We maybe won't say the whole the whole story we'll get, here. Maybe maybe later. Rapid on. fire. Yeah, we're rapid fire. Maybe. All right. Uh, so, coach, yeah, as you mentioned, we definitely want to get in your story. Um, your wife Summer gave us some some knowledge nuggets, as we call, just kind of some different um, milestones, or even I guess adverse moments, if you will. Probably not milestones, but in your life. And um, I've got three that I really want to highlight, but um, I want to go back really and tackle the first uh, one. Would be in between 2010 and 2011. She told us a story of um, you had just gotten your first stint with the Denver Broncos. You had just finished, and they had actually let you guys go, uh, let let the let the staff go, and um, you guys you were kind of in between, struggling to try to find where that next job opportunity was going to come from. And at the time, Summer I believe was 34 weeks pregnant, and you guys were uh, headed back from Colorado. And some events transpired. Can you take us back to that moment in time? Oh gosh, yeah, that was that was a crazy part of our lives right there. Um, yeah, summer was 34 weeks pregnant. We got let go by the Denver Broncos. You know, as a coach, you know the saying is either you're going to get hired or you're going to get fired. So it was just one of those deals where now you're out hunting for a job, and we had an opportunity. Um, you know, to go to another place, but we weren't sure if it was working out. So we decided that we were going to end up going and moving in with her family in Tiffin. She was 34 weeks pregnant. Um, and her dad flew out to Denver. We started driving and then all of a sudden we hit a blizzard and it was unbelievable, uh, of us just navigating through this blizzard with my father-in-law basically leading the pack. I mean, couldn't see there's 18 wheelers jackknife all over the highway and my father-in-law is leading a pack of about 20 cars bobbing and weaving through all these accidents and finally getting to a hotel room that when we walked in someone was already in there and had to go down in the main lobby and said listen uh someone's already in that hotel room 
what do you have left? And they said, well, we got one king size bed. And uh, I said, we'll take it because that's the only thing that's left. And so we end up staying there the night. Next day, it kind of cleared up for us. And then we were driving back to Finley, Ohio. And all of a sudden, I get the phone call from the Jacksonville Jaguars saying everything's going to work out. And basically in St. Louis, Summer and I split apart. And she drove off to Finley. And I drove to Jacksonville, Florida for the job. Wow. So. Yeah, business ain't sexy as I call it. <laughs> no doubt, <laughs> blizzards and babies and yeah, new jobs and uh, wow, that's an adverse situation for sure. Now, were you able to see the thirty-four weeks? Were you able to to this, was, was this birthday your first son? Yeah, uh, that was our second, second. son. Okay, um, yeah. So when I got down to Jacksonville, uh, we, we knew some people obviously there in Finley uh, in the hospital that end up working with us. And uh, Coach Del Rio, who I was working with at the time, I had told him that my wife was was pregnant and he was awesome. And he said, Craig, listen, anything you need, just let me know and we'll work this thing out. So I was able to come back up there, see the birth of our second son, Bryce, and it ended up working out really well. And basically two days after he was born, I flew back down to Jacksonville and got back to work. Jeez. What advice would you give to someone? Because you're in a profession where you obviously you're probably not separated from your family too much, except for obviously being in the office. But for someone who travels and you know, that that's an adverse moment that you went through. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I'll talk about some other moments that I heard that, that I know as well. But what advice would you give to someone who isn't maybe in a role where they're where they're traveling or there's some adversity that you're facing, you know, within the business and you're trying to figure out, you know, how to keep my family, uh, you know, just keep that that structure there. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing that we talk about with Summer and I, or even the job is communication. You know, as long as you communicate and you guys talk things through, um, being honest with yourself and then being honest with your spouse or, or whoever you're, you're working with. Uh, I think that's just key. As long as you guys communicate and you, you tell them how you feel, um, and then you got to tell them your goals and your dreams and hopefully they match up. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things how Summer and I have uh, really battled through adversity. Um, and, and she's a champ. She's uh, in it for the long haul. And, and she's obviously one of my biggest supporters. And I'm one of her biggest ones, too. Yeah. Man, I wish my uh, not to get Summer and Kristen together. <laughs> yeah, how did I know you were going? There? I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's just let's just ninety five episodes. Let's, I got in a, in a football terminology. Let's punt that. Let's, punt. let's, let's get out of. Let's hey, get the, that, that's a hot topic. So, I was going to talk about this later, but I think this might be a good time because I think it's very it's pretty interesting. So, Coach Auk, you uh, you got to Miami of Ohio, I believe, in two thousand and one, right? Um, and we'll get to the, that kind of story. But um, so I'm a, I'm a sophomore freshman in 2001. Coach Auk comes in as a grad assistant. Meanwhile, before he gets there, I've been there for a year and a half. And there's this, you know, there's beautiful women walking around Oxford. And there's always, you know, there's always a handful. And there's this young lady named Summer Aukerman that no one can touch. Like no one can touch. Like you see her at the bars. It's just like, don't even think about it. And then this cool two-time All-American, two-time national champ, good-looking dude strolls in. I kid you not, it's like a week later, we're in the bar. Guess who comes strolling in? Coach with Summer. And we're like, no shit. 
yeah. Sounds about uh, right. Got lucky on that. Got lucky. <laughs> and here you are, what, 20 years later? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Here's a great story. When uh, I was coaching at my alma mater, the University of Finley, and had the opportunity to GA, work on my master's degree there at Miami University. And um, the guy that I knew was the defensive coordinator, John Walford. And he was on a recruiting trip uh, there in the Finley area. And he came into the office and I was in there at the University of Finley. And I just said, hey, anytime you're looking for a GA, let me know. And he calls me like a month later and said, listen, we got 90 applicants. You're the leading guy. Come down here for an interview. I said, all right, great. He's like, just come down here casual, you know, don't need you to dress up in a suit. You know, we want you to watch practice and things like that. I said, all right. So, of course, I show up in a suit, tie, looking all professional, watching practice. It's in 90 degree heat. And, you know, of course, I get made fun of by uh, some of the coaches, but whatever. You know, I want to make a first good impression. So I go in there and interview with Coach Hefner. Great guy. Love him to death. And uh, he's basically talking to me and he's like, listen, Craig, we've got 90 applicants. We want to hire you. Great. Where do I sign up? I'm ready. He's like, okay, we'll get you all the stuff ready to go for it. But uh, first, first question is, do you have a girlfriend? And I said, well, yeah, I do, but I'll break up with her right now. <laughs> like, I want this job. And he goes, no, 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 Craig. I just want to let you know that you'll probably meet your wife here. Oh, okay. Sure enough, a couple months later, there you go. Met Summer. Wow. wow. Things worked out. That. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. So I still remember this day sitting in his office, and I'm thinking he's going to pop some serious questions at me. <laughs> And that's what he brings up to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, so Summer and I always have a great story about that, you know, just talking about Coach Hefner. That's great. And, and speaking of Miami, I know at one point, um, you know, you left Miami at Western Kentucky and really have a, you know, a kind of a moment as we talk about kind of that the moment of truth. Like, is, is the profession conducive to family? Is it, you know, do I have an ability? And that was an adverse moment. And then obviously your career has been tremendous all the way to the Titans now. Can you kind of talk through maybe someone that's in? We, I know we have a lot of coaches that listen. That moment where you did, had to decide you're all in on coaching or not? Yeah, it was interesting because, uh, you know, Summer was working on her master's degree and she was back up uh, in the Tiffin, Ohio area at the time when we were dating. And it was, we came to the point where either we're going to get engaged or who knows it's going to work out. And so we end up getting engaged, uh, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. She follows me down there to Western Kentucky. And uh, it was just an interesting time because we grinded that first year in 2003 at Western Kentucky, which I'm forever grateful. We had a great head coach in David Elson. I worked under Don Wink Martindale, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he kind of took me under his wing because, I mean, we were from 6 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. And here's Summer Ackerman going down there, living in an apartment by herself, has no friends whatsoever, gets a teaching job down there. So she, you know, starts meeting some people, but she was such a trooper waiting for me at 11 o'clock at night just to say hi to me or give me a kiss goodnight and it was coming to the point where I was making 
a year there at Western Kentucky in 2003. She's working, teaching, she's coaching volleyball, she's working all these side jobs. She's got like seven jobs just for us to try to make it. And I kind of was just sitting there thinking like, and if this doesn't work out and I don't get a full-time job, I can't do this to her. You know, it's her waiting for me. You know, I'm barely making any, any money. Uh, so it kind of came to that, you know, end point where it's like, okay, I got to decide, am I going to go all in on this coaching? And then unfortunately, uh, coach Martindale ended up leaving and taking a job with the Raiders and they promoted me to a full-time coach and then things end up moving on from there. Yeah. Wow. It's like, it's just that journey, man. It's, it's incredible. Like we were talking to a lot of different coaches and it's like that moment of truth. And now look at where you're at now. I mean, you have great stints. I mean, just to kind of go through so our audience knows, as he mentioned, the Jaguars, um, Titans for two years to the Chargers, now back to the Titans. Can you kind of talk about, you know, transitioning from college to pro and, and your experience there? And even why college, why why the NFL over college? I, think, I always think that's kind of a, a – I'm always curious about that. Yeah, you know, it, it's been interesting. Obviously, I coached 10 years in college. Uh, but to transition uh, for me, luckily, I had a great mentor in Don Wink Martindale. Like Wink took me under his wing right when I got there and gave me the best advice I could ever get. Um, you know, he just sat me down. He's like, listen, Craig, here's the biggest thing. It, football's football. You know, we can talk scheme. We can talk uh, players, uh, personnel, all that stuff but you got to continue to build relationships with the players because they're full grown men. They got families. Um, the biggest thing that you have to be with them is honest. You know, don't try to make up something that you have no idea. Just be honest with them. Say, Hey, I, I don't know that right now, but I'll find out as quickly as possible if you have a question and I got to answer it for you. And I've always kept that with the players. You know, I try to be brutally honest with a player. Um, you know, if they have a question about playing time, you know, why their role has, you know, diminished, you know, all that stuff. I, I try to talk to them why it is. And I, I just 30 years from now, when we meet up somewhere, I want to have a drink with them. And I want them to say, hey, Coach Hawk, I, I really appreciate you being honest with me because it helped me out, you know, in the long run. Um, so that was kind of the biggest thing that I learned growing up um, in the profession. Uh, and I think you always want to be honest you know, in general with everyone that you come in contact with. But uh, that was that was the best advice that I got. Now, going back, um, just trying to be a professional coach, I didn't even really think about it. You know, I want to be a college head coach. Um, you know, you always write down goals. So I want to be a division one coach at a certain age. I want to be a coordinator at a certain age and I want to be a head coach. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call from uh, Wink saying, listen, I'm going to be named defense coordinator for the Broncos here tomorrow. Uh, I'd love to have you on my staff. We'll have you interview with Coach McDaniels here in a couple of days. And that's when your mind start racing. It's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I could be a professional coach. Uh, so I never really thought about it until I got that phone call about being a professional coach. Um, but, but I love it. Um, you know, I, I love relationships with players, getting to know their families, their wives, their kids. Again, we, we got some players coming over here and uh, some rookies that I'm going to try to, you know, build relationships with and find out more about them, too, during this whole process. 
What is um? What's that growth been like? You know, I guess even maybe not, not, I don't want to necessarily necessarily say like the X's and O's, but coming in as a defensive defensive assistant, if I could talk today, um, and, and now you've grown into a special teams coordinator, and you know, someone listening may not even understand what an assistant to the head coach, an assistant respect and on assistant to the head coach. Come on, Calvin. so what is, what is that growth been like? You know, a lot of people may not understand what that what that really means. Yeah, well, they had to give the title to someone. So <laughs> I guess Coach Rabel said, hey, listen, we got this title. We're going to give it to you. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that I tell anybody who tries to get in the profession. Uh, I met with someone uh, last year who was wanting to get into college coaching. And it was just one of those things that I tell them, like, the biggest thing is you got to continue just to work your butt off as much as you possibly can and be extremely loyal um, whether you agree with things or not, that's not, it's not about you. It's about one major goal and that's to win. And, you know, you have to be loyal. You have to be trustworthy. Um, you know, those are the biggest things that, you know, I'm going to try to install on my kids too. Um, you know, just, just be trustful and, and everything usually works out when that happens. Yeah. Love it. So something I'm curious, just being at the tight, I mean, you guys have an incredible program or uh, you know, NFL team there in Tennessee right now. What makes the Tennessee Titans with you, Coach Rabel, that system you guys have in place? Because you guys are right up there, and obviously a lot of folks on the outside, I know um, put, not putting any pressure on it, but obviously Super Bowl is there, right? I mean, everyone thinks that there's a good opportunity to be in a contention there. So what makes the Tennessee Titans so good? Well, I think you start with our owner. Miss Amy does an unbelievable job. Like from when I got here in 2017, what she's done with this organization, it's, it's been awesome. Like you're talking about new cafeteria. We, we're just adding on to our facility right now. Uh, they got a new bubble a couple of years ago. I mean, she's done everything to help us win. And I think it always starts, you know, with the owner and then it goes down to our GM, John Robinson. Uh, he's done a great job of putting this team together and, you know, him and coach Rabel obviously have a good relationship. And, uh, you know, obviously we all try to work together to have that one common goal. And I think that's, that's the major thing. When you focus in on one goal and everyone believes in that it's going to help out. And uh, I think that's what we're striving to do. And, you know, we want to get better each and every day. And I know Coach Rabel always has a great message for us to follow. <clears throat> do your boys play football? Uh, they do. Yeah. So it's been awesome. My son is trying out uh, for the middle school team here in Tennessee. It's a little bit different. You go sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And then they have a junior varsity and a varsity team. So um, he's trying out for the varsity and uh, I've been able to watch some practice this whole week, which has been fun. Uh, and then my youngest, uh, I, we couldn't control him anymore. He'd been begging us for the past two years to play tackle football because we, we start our kids out like most people in flag football, doing all that good stuff. He watches his older brother. You know, he obviously looks up to him and he's like, Dad, I really want to play you know, football, tackle football. And I said, well, we got to talk to your mom. And then mom brings it back on me. And we, uh, we're, we're letting him for the first time, which I'm really excited about. He's going to start practice and tryouts here um, in the next couple of weeks. 
So he's all in. So you are all in on the uh, kids being able to play football. That's what I was curious about. You hear so much conversation on that now. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, with my oldest, I, I held him back a little bit from that. You know, I started in fourth grade. You know, it was one of those things where you could play youth football as a fourth grader. And it was fourth, fifth and sixth grade. And I had an older brother who was two years older than me. Um, so it, I was lucky enough to have him by my side throughout that. But uh, I, I held uh, Caden, our oldest, back one more year. So he started in the fifth grade. Uh, he, he, he was begging me for a couple years, too. But uh, Bryce, the youngest, uh, he's, he's pretty consistent and stubborn, like his mom. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we allowed him to go out for tackle football this year. So, so speaking of, you know, you're talking about, you know, your kids getting those stages. You went to Macomb High School. Right, yeah. Northwest Ohio. Graduated with 46 people? Four, yes, 46. <laughs> Jeez, that's a math yeah. class. So, so, <laughs> so think about that. I mean, but I was born in Finley, Ohio. You know, so Northwest Ohio means a lot. We're going to get into the Ackerman There's Family Foundation. There's a better Foundation. quarterback from Finley, though. Yeah, but I'm a better dude. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nicer, cooler guy. No, just kidding. Uh, no, no disrespect there. But um, yeah. I think – you know, think about that. 46 kids, yeah. Macomb High School, Northwest Ohio, and the journey to where he is now. I think that's an incredible. Now, bringing it to current light, recently, uh, and with my, my the birth of my baby daughter, uh, Reese wasn't able to make it, but the uh, Ackerman Family Foundation was happy to help support that. Can you go into Coach? I want to uh, shed some light on your community involvement in Northwest Ohio and anything you're doing down in Tennessee. Yeah, uh, it's something that my wife and I uh, had talked about a little bit, and we wanted to start a foundation. And when the pandemic hit, it was a chance for us to really sit down and talk and kind of go through the process of, of maybe starting a foundation. And we started out, we just wanted to do a free kids camp. And kind of talking about that and going over is obviously we want to have a positive impact on local youth. You know, that's, that's one of the major things that we talked about. And then the more and more we discussed it, we also talked about building relationships with family also, you know, because I'm as guilty as anyone during football season. I don't get to spend enough time with my kids as I want to, you know, and we're all busy. We got jobs. We got other things that we all got to handle as parents. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, I miss throwing the football with my kids during the fall. And because I know that's what my dad or my mom did with me. So it was kind of one of those things where how can we blend this in to our foundation? So we talked about it and said, listen, let's have a camp for a select amount of kids, 125, that their parents or their guardian or their brother and sister and uncle could get involved in too. And then my mind kept racing. Well, you know, if we're going to do this and we want to raise money for some scholarships for kids in the area you know what can we do to help that and then my mind was like, okay well let's have a golf outing and then let's have an auction where we can you know auction off sports memorabilia for my friends you know who will donate a bunch of different things and summer's like craig uh let's just do the football <laughs> camp all right let's not bite off more than we can chew and, you know, we kind of discussed it. We went back up to Ohio a couple years ago and we're talking to her uncle and her uncle's like, he's getting excited. Like, oh yeah, Craig, that's awesome. You know, I hope you can do that. We came home 
and we get a phone call from her uncle and it's like, Craig, listen, we can do this. And my cousin who married a guy named Doug Hegel, um, you know, those, those two got together, John Klaus, Doug Hegel got together and said, Craig, we can do this. We've had experiences getting golf outings together. We can do the auction. We can do all this stuff. So things start coming together. And then one of our neighbors here in uh, Nashville, she's an event planner. And she does things for a bunch of big name people here in Nashville. She got involved. And then all of a sudden, it just started rolling. And it was one of those things that things came together. And we're really happy that we ended up doing it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And uh, I don't know who's in charge of your marketing. Maybe it's a, you or Summer or the gal from Tennessee, but the auction, A-U-K. Okay, okay. That is okay. That is legit. Ackerman Auction, yeah. A-U-K. All yeah. right, see what, yeah. see, so, see what you did there. So those that are listening. Oh, yeah, nice. Yes, yeah. yes. Those that are listening, <laughs> go check out. It's Ackerman, A-U-K-E-R-M-A-N, correct? There I got you that go. Right. So check out, put an Ackerman in the Facebook or put it in on online and you'll check it out. Go follow them, support the cause. They made a huge impact. How much, uh, just out of curiosity, if you don't mind sharing, how much was raised or ballpark or how did the event go? Yeah, yeah it was awesome. You know, I think the first thing that we talked about is we, we want to raise enough money for two scholarships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't going to be much. It was going to be two $2,500 scholarships to – you know, maybe help pay for books for, for college, you know, it was one of those things. So the initial goal was let's try to raise $25,000. That was the initial goal. And then we started out, get the scholarships, kind of let things build. Uh, but we raised almost $50,000. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. It, wow. Was, it was awesome. Great um, job. You know, people coming out and supporting the cause, um, we had a great turnout for the football camp and then we filled up uh, at the golf outing and I wanted 27 teams and it just kept building and building and then more people wanted to join and then we we're at 32 and I was like, listen, it's going to be a six hour golf outing. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. And uh, Summer's other uncle, Andy Klaus, owns a couple golf courses there in the Finley area and he kind of walked us through it. He's like, listen, it, you'll be fine. We'll get it done. Don't worry about it. We end up with 35 teams and things ran smoothly and it just helped us tremendously raising enough money. And then the auction afterwards, we, we had a, I, we got a great number of friends that that's what really helps us out. And they did the marketing, they did all the other things that helps us out bringing people in for the auction, the golf outing, um, you know, and, and it just, it just worked. And uh, with that money, now we're going to bump up the scholarships. We're going to give more out to the uh, local youth there in the Finley area. And Summer and I can't be more excited for those kids that end up getting those scholarships. Yeah, and you talk about the love of the players, and then you're about to have some of your rookies over to your house. I was looking at all the pictures because I couldn't go, and I see all those former players, one being Chris Shula, who was jet-setting around the country. I said, man, how did Shula even get there? <laughs> but, but the cool thing is, is – Everyone from around, there's people from around the country coming to Finley, Ohio, right. to support kids in our in our local youth up there. So using the platform to give back, I yeah. think it's just once again. Hopefully, anyone that's hearing, how do you use your platform? I guess the knowledge nugget of maybe one of these many of this episode, many knowledge nuggets is how do you use your platform to uh, make an impact? Yeah, 
And to me, it was fun to watch. And I think 50,000 is just the start of this thing. I mean, right. year one, right? I mean, or no, yeah. I mean, you've been doing it for a little bit, but it's, that's a huge, that's, that's huge. Huge. Man. Yeah. Huge. So sure. awesome it, job on there. It was, it was, it was awesome. When, when you talk about guys like Chris Shula, who obviously just got married and then he's got to tell his wife, Hey, I'm flying to basically Ohio and going to this golf outing and help support it. And, you know, just a number of former players too, that came to it. One of my friends from uh, North Carolina, the Charlotte area, he owns a bunch of businesses. He made time with his family to come back up and we had people from all over the country and it, it was fun to see. And, you know, it, it's, it's great to have really good friends like that. That'll help support, you know, what you're trying to get accomplished there. Yeah. yeah. But I think when you're, you're just genuine and, and, and like I said, I know as an offensive guy slash special teams more and they get to work with you as much, but I think just the love of the players when you're at Miami was incredible. And obviously I don't, I think it's just like you said, the consistency and you're real. Coach you gotta be, you gotta be real. He was always he'd be fake. Yeah. He was always a cool, he was always a guy. Like you were always just a guy that we just appreciated and looked up to. And, you know, we just genuinely respected your, what you were doing and, and your hustle. And, and you, I think you just connected with a lot of us. And here we are 20 years later, like having this conversation. So wow. a lot of truth. Full circle. That. Full circle. <laughs> Let's put them on the hot seat. What do you think? Sure. How hot are these? Are these, are these they're warm. Lukewarm they're warm. They're lukewarm. That first one, though. Okay. Let's start off with that. Let's go. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Who's a better athlete, yourself or Summer? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going political here, and I'll, I'll say my wife. Uh, that's always been a uh, hot topic, as you would say, with our friends. Uh, which has been which has been pretty funny. In fact, uh, one of our friends actually has his Netflix account as uh, Craig's a better athlete. So, uh, but I'll go with my wife on that. Smart man. That's why you've been married for so long, Coach. <laughs> so on the so me me and Coach Ock had a had a fun moment at Miami where he pulled a prank on me. He he pulled he, he I thought I was pulling a prank on him, and he reversed it. I sent a guy up there and shouldn't have gone up to his office and i told him to go up there uh and then he brought me up and, and got got me good <laughs> got me real good and i'll just leave it at that but where does that rank in your top 10 maybe funny moments is that even in the top 10 is that even in top 25 what let me give me uh, an idea there. oh no that's definitely in the top three right there okay yeah. all can right we, can we hear the story okay all right all right quick story sure we have coach that, tell yeah yeah so so I thought I sent a freshman kicker. I was down in the in the in the locker room, and they're in position meeting. So, coaches walk up there, probably doing something important. Right, coaching his guys up, and I send the freshman kicker up to his office and said that he wanted to talk to him because I knew that was you know probably I was I don't know what, what I was what thinking. Were you thinking? I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I was the funny guy, right? I was trying to be funny. So coach, so so he goes up there, and uh, coach Ox says what the, you know, what, what's going on here? And I'm sure there were some explicitives, maybe, I don't know. And, and so he sends them back down and says, send Decker up. <laughs> and I'll, maybe, I, yeah, it, it, maybe I'll let Coach Ox also say it. But then I walk up there. I'll just leave it at this. Let Coach pick it up from here. Yeah, you go ahead. Pick it up, Coach. Well, you know, I, I got to go back a little bit beforehand. <clears throat> so when Kyle sent this freshman up there to – you know, interrupt the meeting, you know, I was, I was in, I was all in, I was locked in, I was coaching, boom, I had things up on the board 
and here comes this guy coming in here interrupting the meeting and uh then i finally figured like why would he come up and interrupt this meeting like there had to be something going on so we end up talking to him he straight snitches on kyle <laughs> and says oh yeah you know kyle sent me up here coach so like, okay send him up so then we had to basically lay it out with all the other players you know and a great group of guys the linebackers were i said listen guys everyone you have to be locked in on this i'm gonna act like i'm gonna continue to coach you guys up and kyle comes in here everyone just turn around and give him the look like what are you doing up here so Kyle comes in there, you know, he opens the door and it just, boom, it just goes out. It might've been a couple words here and there, but it was all in fun. We kind of let him go and walk back out a little bit just to let him feel it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden we end up telling him like, Kyle, that was, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. just kind of meeting, you know. Dude, I, I walked back in the hall. I, I was like, man, that over. Yeah, I was. I thought it was like, oh, you know, lighten the mood, do something different. I don't know, like hey, let's mix it up a little bit. And, and, and so I walked out. I said, oh my god, I made a maybe the worst mistake I made at Miami. I think all the position rooms were looking out the room and like, man, what did Deck do? This is this is not good. I'm walking through the hallway like, holy crap, what just happened? And next thing I know, I hear them all dying laughing, and and Coach Ox like, get back here. And I, they come in, they say. They were laughing. He goes, but never, don't ever send a freshman kicker to my office again. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Kyle, you know what's great about that, though, is, you know, it's stuff that you learn and do a bunch of different things because now, like, coaching-wise, whether it's college or pro, is you, you have to relate to players and you have to keep it interesting for them, too. <clears throat> yep. And so we might crack a joke here and there. We might do some things, you know, on a rookie – uh, you know, to put them on a spot, but you got to change it up a little bit. And it's just kind of funny that when that happens, you know, we still do it to this day on certain players just to kind of liven things up because we all know training camp, that's a grind. Guys are tired, you know, they're competing for a job. And at some point in time, you know, you, you have to, you know, let your guard down a little bit and laugh yeah. uh, because it, it's very stressful uh, when, when you get a group of players that have been good um, throughout their career and now they're fighting for a job, you know, it, it's extremely stressful on them. And uh, so there's at some point in time that you got to loosen the mood a little bit. And, you know, the guy that I work with, Matt Edwards, uh, you know, he's a funny guy, so he always has stuff. So we kind of feed off each other a lot. And uh, hopefully our players enjoy it. And we try to keep it, you know, obviously – consistent as far as you know you got a job to do here's how it's done um make sure you guys know what you're doing at all the times but we we've got to end up you know lessening the mood a little bit for sure no it was funny man. I love it, was, that. it was incredible incredible it's like one of my favorite if not my favorite moment of my career at miami that had to be right up there because then all the other guys were all in this is the whole linebackers group like got me they felt like they right. just they had a plan and they did, man. I'm telling you, I was like, like I'm about to throw up because I was like, man, that backfired so bad. But then we had all my teammates, Shula, Mickey, man, all these guys that are like, dude, we got him, right? <laughs> like we reversed it and got him worse. So anyway, fun stuff. It's good to hear that even at the highest level of professional sports, they're still gotta, doing it a little keep bit. Keep it lighthearted. Um, all right, last question. 
we ask this to all of our guests. Um, but before you answer it, you got to agree to help us make it happen. All right, let's go. Who's one person we should have as a guest on the Underdog Podcast? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, oh my gosh, right now there's so many people that I'm thinking about, but I'm trying to give you the best one right now. Uh, you know what? A great guy, and I've mentioned him a couple times, is Wink Martindale. And his, his story uh, is, is so awesome because you're talking about a guy from Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Okay. And, All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 937. Who, who battled through adversity. Uh, he's got an unbelievable story of going to Defiance College and working for his uh, family's business and going through all these different types of things uh, with his family. And then, you know, him doing really well for himself uh, in the National Football League. It's just, it's fun hearing all the uh, trials and tribulations of, of players and coaches of what they've had to do uh, to get where they are today. And, it, and it's unbelievable. Uh, the other guy obviously would be coach Rabel because he's got a great story too. So yeah. <laughs> there's so many, you guys, I, I could tell you, but uh, you know, th those would be guys that would be awesome on the podcast. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Fantastic. Love it. Well, we appreciate, I know uh, we, we went back do -si do We had a two thing. We had a baby. We had, Calvin shows up late to Nashville. Um, we had a little bit of everything to get to this moment. We but nonetheless, we, made it happen. we appreciate it, Coach. Thank you for everything you did for us as, as players and what you're doing for our communities now. And being the genuine person and leader that you are is, is definitely thankful. So appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on to share the story. It's always good to reconnect with good people, too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I appreciate it. Tell, tell the family we said hello. Tell it. I won't call him easy. Tell Matt Edwards I said hello. <laughs> I will. I will for sure. Um, awesome, Coach. Well, uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much, and we'll definitely be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Hang on.